Hi, welcome to Prospectives, episode 10. Um, you know who we are. I'm Jess Preventure with Lair Realty Partners, and this is my co-host. Keith Valancourt. And we're going to jump right into it right away. Um, so I think this article from Inman, the tug of war between millennials and boomers, is the story of our market, 100%. The baby boomers were the biggest generation. They came in, and they really set the economic stage for the whole country moving forward. And the boomers were certainly impacted by the crash that happened in 2008. So prior to 2008, the average person stayed in their home for five years. After 2008, that's really increased up to 10. At this point, most boomers have mortgages that are completely paid off or they have that super low interest rate on a small amount. And what's happening is they're not moving. <laughs> not only are they not moving, they're not retiring um, and they're not moving because they're in their dream house. Their family is now large enough that they're having their children and their grandchildren and they're still having parties at their big house. And so they're staying in those homes. Well, what does that do? That means they're holding on to that inventory and therefore Gen Z's and millennials <laughs> not getting turned over yeah. can't get into those properties this I thought it was interesting it says 44 million Americans have hit their prime home buying age which is between 26 and 35 44 million Americans yeah. and there's no properties there's no for inventory. them <laughs> there's no inventory um, baby boomers find little incentive to move and lose access to their historically low mortgage rates um, you know I'm torn between that because I think I think it's more a function of there is nothing happening in their lives that is forcing a move. Sure. So um, people move because of life events. They get married. They get divorced. They have children. Um, they their children move out. Those kinds of reasons. Jobs like they move because of a life event. Not so much when you're, when you're comfortable, right? Exactly. You, you get a little uncomfortable. Something changes in your life. Something big like that. You're right. And 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 so with what happened with COVID, there's very few people now moving for jobs because you can work from most places. I've really transitioned to really being able to work from every, everywhere. And baby boomers aren't having any of those life events mm -hmm. that catapult a move. Right, they're they're not having more children. They're they're probably not getting divorced if they've made it this far. <laughs> you know, they don't want to go through the rigmarole of of selling and looking for a new place because they're going to run into a lot of the same issues there on the back end. Exactly, um, and they're, like you said, they're not relocating. It's still the it's still an inventory uh, situation, big time. Yeah, and there's this quote says. Um, there are a lot of people in that age demographic, we're talking about boomers, who've said, I don't really have an interest in downsizing because the home I'm in is my dream home. It's where my children and grandchildren are now gathering for holidays, special events. There's little necessity or incentive to sell, which is really interesting. People are, you know, people think that new homes are just going to come and, and fill in those kind of, yes. and fill in those gaps. And, and it's just... It's going to have be more of the same, really. Yeah. It's not going to be enough uh, homes that quickly. That's something that they can calculate, right? How, how many homes? New construction and, yeah. homes. Yeah. And, and they're talking about that, you know. But the truth is, it's not going to happen quickly enough. Sure. Right? Right. 
there's less land, especially <laughs> in more desirable areas, right? There, the more populated areas, there's less land to develop on. Um, though the cost of wood and stuff has come down, the, the overall expenses for building are still pretty high. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the truth is, is that the cost of the median sale price for new homes, meaning new constructions homes in February of this year was 427. Oh yeah. But that's 19% higher than the median cost of existing homes, yep. which was 359. So if you're in that first time home buyer's market, if you're a millennial, if you're a Gen Xer and it's your first home, you're you're really looking at under 400,000. Yeah. So even if there is new construction available, if the boomers aren't moving into it, maybe you can't afford to move into right. it. It doesn't solve our inventory crisis sure. unless um, these are smaller homes or whatever. So I think it's really interesting, fascinating to me, the demographic impact on housing. It, it, there, you know, housing is a huge economic driver and there's just way more to it than what we just simply say, you know, oh, rates, rates are high, people aren't sure. going to move. That's just not the whole story. Sure, one small piece. Yep. Yeah, so I want to, you know, there is opportunity out there. It just maybe, I don't know what you're telling your buyers in this, but what I'm saying is Barbara Corcoran has a quote. She says, you just have to get in the game. You just have to get in the game. And I'm having that hard conversation with my clients. And I wonder if you are too, you know, you're currently renting a two bedroom apartment at 17, you know, hundred dollars a month. And you want a three bedroom, one bath, single family, that frankly at 400,000 is gonna run you here in New Hampshire roughly around $3,000 a month. That's a significant increase in your payment. And to be honest, you might not be able to get a three bedroom, one bath in good condition um, in that price range. And so there's discouragement uh, and I see this in my buyers and they say, well, I'm gonna keep renting. It's like, that's not the solution, sure. right? Because that, Continuing to rent isn't getting you ahead. It didn't get you the space you wanted. It didn't get you the location you wanted. And it's not gaining you any equity. So it's not getting you closer. So what I would say is, is there something in the middle, right? Sure. One, could you buy that two bedroom apartment and be and get it for less money or the money that you're even paying? Let's say your mortgage is even 1700 for that two bedroom um, condo garden style. Over the next five years, you're going to gain equity. Of course. So you've kept your payment the same. You're living in the same situation you would be living in if you're renting. But <laughs> paying 100% interest yes, when you're renting, yes, right? you're paying 100% interest when you rent, you're paying six, whatever. And then you have the equity. So then when we go to sell two, three, four, five years from now, you're taking out that equity, which might be $50,000, which is a lot more money than the you know, 10 or 15 sure. you have now to parlay into now going into this. Sure. Or maybe there's an in-between. Maybe we can find a condo that has a townhouse style condo. It's still two bedrooms, but it's at around 300,000 and mm -hmm. you're somewhere in between. You're paying $2,500 a month, you know, whatever. So I think that's the thing. It's not all or nothing. Yep. And it's I think, I think that it's, um, you know, with my buyers and most first time home buyers, I find that it's, 
Uh, it's really going out and, and going, bringing them to those showings and, and letting them see the different houses and see what their price range, what they think their price range is compared to in this market, what their price range really is. And so I find the more that you show these, you get a couple offers out there, you get a couple offers rejected for X, you know, reasons from X, Y, Z. Um, you come back and then they find, okay, we have to be more flexible. We have to narrow this down or we have to concentrate on something else or we're not going to get everything we want, but these are the most important things that we want. So for me, um, you know, when I'm talking to buyers, I feel like the, the most is, is showing them getting out there. I mean, you go to some of these open houses right now and it doesn't take that many for your buyer to say, oh, okay, this is, this is how it's going to be. So um, get out there and, and check them out. And then, but you do, you have to come to a realization of what you can get versus what you think you can get. hundred percent. And, and also just recognizing that, you know, if honestly it's similar to cars, right? Like I have a strict amount that I'll pay on my car payment, <laughs> but if I go to the dealership, <laughs> I want the 40 or $50,000 car. Of course I want it. The leather for $300 a month. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so the solution is not to walk out of the dealership without a car. Nope. The solution is to adjust my expectations and to get into something. The difference with cars and houses is cars are a depreciating asset, but housing is an appreciated sure. asset. So even if you're buying the level down from what you thought you wanted, it's helping you get to what you want. Right. Especially if you're if you're just planning on a uh, most first time home buyers usually are like a you know five to ten year now, right? Ten year. So if you're in that five, ten, fifteen year range, you know you get into something for sure. Get some equity. Get it. So speaking of that, let's talk about New Hampshire in in, in specific. New Hampshire specifically. Yep. Um, you know, you I, I kind of don't want to beat a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> like we keep talking about the lack of inventory, um, but it's it's just more of the same. It's more of the same. So this is from May, um, and <clears throat> we're down twenty two point three percent in closed sales. That's almost a quarter. That's tough. Um, we are down. Um, new listings by 18 and a half percent. So, I mean, it all plays into each other, right? So if we're down almost 20% on the number of new listings, then obviously the number of closings is going to be down because okay. even if all of those closed, it would be less. So, I mean, inventory remains the name of the game um, in both you know, down 22.3% in closed sales and single family, down 24.9% of closed sales in condos. So, you know, when I first bought, people said condos weren't as good of an investment. That has not been the case over the last five years. I mean, they're going up even, even more quickly. But I do want to say something about this. We currently, were, I mean, we, we regularly report on median sales. And I want to be very clear about what a median sale is. The median sale price is not the average sale price. The median is the number that falls in between. <clears throat> and the example that I recently heard that makes this really make sense is if you have two dimes and a nickel, you put them in order, nickel, dime, dime. The median is the middle one, the dime. Now, if you have two nickels and a dime, or even two nickels and a quarter, you go nickel, nickel, quarter, the nickel is the median. 
that's not the average. So when we say the median sale price is 465, that means that they took these 959 closed sales and they put them in order. And the one that was 400 and whatever the middle is, I'm not doing the math in my head, that was 465. That's not necessarily a good representation of the average sale price. And it can be very misleading. So I just want to make that very clear. I like that, that analogy there. talk though. about 465, 449, whatever. Sure. Um, that. It's the middle. It's, it's the middle. You have your low, not, your high, your median is going to be right smack right, in the middle. Which is not necessarily the average. Right. So taking our, our, our two, two dimes and a nickel, um, you know, that's 25. So the median is 13 and a half, but two nickels and a dime is only 20. The median, the average, sorry, I said that wrong. Let me back up. <laughs> two nickels and a dime, your median is five cents. The average is 10 cents. There you go. Two dimes and a nickel, the median is 10 cents, but the average is 13 and a half. So, you know, it, it's not, it can be, you know, my um, my father always told me to be weary of statistics. They can you be, can always make you them can sound make them sound or look better, and that's the same thing with the median. So when you're looking at the news and you're hearing blah medium price down yep. blah blah blah, take it with a grain of salt. It's just the number that's falling in the middle, um, and you know, talk to your local agent to see what really is going on. Either way, um, sales volume. Down. Down. Down because inventory is down. Down. Um, we need sellers. We need sellers. We Anyone need sellers. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but this is what I've heard. Well, where will I go? Well, there is places for you to go. And typically, if you're selling, you're either downsizing sure. or you're you going to up. Yeah, you want to, you want to go somewhere. You want to you change your house. You want to try switch something up. So what my point is, is you're not typically looking in the same price range. So let's take this as an example. If you're moving out of a house anywhere between 350 and 450, if you're selling that house, you're going to have an incredible opportunity there, right? That is a very high market. But if you're selling that house because you want to move into a $500,000, $600,000 house, I'm not seeing the same level of intensity in that market. Right. So, so you may, it might be a, a frenzy to sell your house in that 400 range, that midpoint range, but you may have a lot less competition at the higher yeah, value. That's a good point. The other thing is, even if you want to buy a little bit lower, you're going into a condo or whatever, you're coming out with so much cash equity that you have a leg up on other buyers these first time buyers that maybe only have three or 5%. So I would not be afraid of where I go next. Right. I, I feel sure. like, like if you're not in your dream home today and you've been in your home for the last even three years, like let's go get it and call us. We can get you a value on your home. We 100%. can talk about places that you might want to go. Maybe a, sometime, a lot of times it's just another, another brain, another set of ears um, to kind of go over things, bounce my you know, ideas off of. No, that's a huge, great point. My very, very, very first clients, my first sale ever, which was in 2018, April of 2018, we got them into this great townhouse. And they recently, they, they've since had a baby, you know, 
um, are like we think of time, but they didn't think they could. They genuinely didn't think they could. They almost canceled the meeting with the lender because they were like, we don't want to get, and, and they were blown away by what they're able to do. Um, and I would say that's it too. Don't let your fear hold you back from getting the real information that you need. Whether you're a first time buyer, you're looking to sell, uh, information is gold and having the right information can really allow you to make the best decisions. Yeah, I yeah. agree. All right, agents, this one's for you. How do you handle questions about schools and neighborhoods while maintaining fair housing? Because, you know, we take an ethics that we won't steer people. And we all like and... So how do you do that? Keep things general term, you know, um, schools are like aesthetics different different to different people right yes. some people some people have a certain way that they want something to look they have a certain way that they want their school their kid to go to a certain school and other people are not like that so um it's very touchy subject to some people some people it's not touchy to um so i like to keep things in general terms i like to get as much information on these schools as possible um even just even making a trip to the school, going into the school and, and going into the office, a lot of times they'll have information and stuff like that if if the, your client doesn't know about schools or wants to know more about certain schools. But yeah, I kind of look at it like kind of like aesthetics, like it's it's yeah. kind of different to different people. Yeah, I think that's, that was a really good point that this article from um, Nair put out. And is that what does good mean to you versus oh, what sure. does good mean to the client? And I think coming from an education background, this topic is like more sensitive to me. And I, I typically say it's really a lot less about the school and more about the parents and the interaction oh. you have with your children and, and who, who you're monitoring who they spend time with and, you know, whatever. And I also really try and ask that question, like, well, what do you mean? Right? So if you have a child with special needs, a good school is going to mean something very different to you. Or if you, you know, I hate, I, I hate to say it, but we still are a very much primarily white state. And so I have clients sometimes that they're like, well, I, I want there to be a little bit more diversity because we're a diverse family and I don't want to move into this town where they're going to be the only um, color kid yeah. in the, or, you know, or Asian kid or, you know, Indian kid or whatever. And those are conversations that I don't want to, you know, I want to be very careful to maintain fair housing. And so the suggestion that the article gave, which I think is huge, is directing them to objective data. So whenever I have a family that's asking me something along those lines, like, is there diversity in this town or whatever, I direct them directly to the, the census information on the state. Yeah. They oh, can good point. look it up yep. and see this percentage is yep. white, this percentage is Hindu, this percentage is whatever, because I don't know, I don't want to necessarily know what they're looking for. Like, sure. you know, I do to help them. But right, like, you want to, you have their, their best interest at heart, but at the same time, fair housing is a serious. Very serious. And so I really want this just to direct them continually to objective information, to statistics and, um, 
And, you know, also to have those conversations about what it, what does good school mean to you? I mean, one thing they mentioned in here, which I think is super important, is a lot of the sites we have access to give you testing data. Well, is a test really yeah. answering their question about what good, or are they asking about sports? Are they interested in access to technology? Yeah. What about, um, like I said, special needs? Or, or is your kid super into art? And yep. that's what a good school, like I can't just answer that from my perspective of what was good for my kids. I need you to know. And so I'm gonna give you that information. You can answer from your pro perspective. From my pro, yes, I can't. Um, but I did think one thing was in interesting is Realtors Property Resource, which I use all the time. Yes. They do have a, a tool called Niche which captures more information about schools than just the test scores. So if you're, uh, you know, if you're a realtor, you should have access to RPR and that's a huge bonus to, to point your clients to. Um, so they, they can get more information than just, well, they scored well. And you don't have to avoid the topic altogether. There are plenty yes. of plenty of avenues to, uh, to send people and to get people the, the information that they're looking for because it's gonna always be different. Yeah, and I think actually say to schools, your point, but, it's not just schools, it's right. all those things like accessibility to a church or walking or... Yeah, all um, those fair housing issues, topics. Yes, all mm -hmm. of them. And so having resources, I thought one thing that was interesting, they said creating kind of a little template or a workbook mm -hmm. that you can give to all of your clients, then you're delivering the same information to all of them. I love that. That's similar to our resource booklet that Absolutely. we give out that has mm -hmm. like um, pictures and all of that but this would be kind of a breakdown of um could the, be added in that's a good idea added in. let's do idea. it i like that you do the work and i'll no problem <laughs> all right guys well it was a pleasure talking to you today please like and follow send us any questions you'd be interested in us talking about and we'll see you next week bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.